Welcome to the Living Faith Missionary Church Podcast. You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Chris Starn, Senior Pastor at Living Faith in Yoder, Indiana. It is our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. So glad you're here with us this morning, or should I say, I'm so glad you're there this morning. Uh, obviously, I can't be with you today because uh, I've been fighting a fever since Tuesday, mostly low grade, but a few days of over 101. But we're doing better, uh, so keep praying for me and keep praying for all the other people in the church who are, are dealing with COVID, uh, Tim Mann being one, and then the Bells being the other that I know of. And uh, But please uh, be in prayer for all of us. If you've got your Bibles, uh, we are in the book of Galatians. So I'd ask you open the book, Galatians. We're going to be in chapter 3. You know, Paul has already made it clear uh, that there, the two important points are that we, we are not saved by the observance of the law. The law does not save us if we keep it. And the gift of the Holy Spirit comes through the hearing of the gospel and faith. And this doesn't seem quite right to our human minds. It, 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 you know, we have to work to accomplish things on this earth. We have to work to 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 get better at things, to learn things. We have to work at it. It's it's hard work. So it would make sense to us that if we keep the law, which is working, that we would get something in return. We'd get salvation. But that's not how it works. And there must be something we have to do to, to get the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, why would you just get it? But as Paul said in chapter 2, if we gain salvation by works, then the death of Jesus Christ was in vain. What Paul is going to do in our scripture today is he's going to reveal to us that anyone can share in the blessing of Abraham. That's a great promise. But I want to, so I'm going to ask you to stand. Of course, I can't tell if you are, but I'm going to assume that you are. I'm going to ask you to stand as we begin, and we're going to read in Galatians 3. We're going to go back to verse 5, even though we covered that last week, because I think it's important. It leads into verse 6, and we're going to read Galatians 3, 5, 6, and then through 9. Paul says, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Know then that if, if, if those of faith, know that, sorry, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Father, we praise you for your word, and we just ask, Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds to this idea that we have the blessing of Abraham, and that uh, just have it move us, enrich us, and lead us where we need to be. We pray this in your name. Amen. See, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. I want to go back to Genesis um, 
15, where, where Abraham is talking to God and where he, he believes what God is telling him. And this is why he was righteous in God's sight. Genesis 15, 1 through 6 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abraham said, Oh, Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This shall not be your heir. You, your very own son shall be your heir. And, you, and he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, your, So shall your offspring be. Wow, an amazing promise. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him. He counted it to him as righteousness. I don't know if you've ever been outside during a during a very clear night and looked up at the stars, and it's, it's amazing the number of stars. You can't number them. It would take you all night. And those are the ones we can see with our light pollution. Just imagine what it was like for Abraham where there were no lights. And that's a great promise that Abraham was given. Now, Abraham did not have the law in order to attain righteousness. He had faith. So you and I, if we have faith in Christ, we will share in the blessing of Abraham. But what is this blessing of Abraham? Well, I'll be honest with you. Abraham's blessing is the solution, God's solution to the problems in this world. And what are those problems? Just look around and you can see them. But they really go back, they begin inside each and every one of us in our heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? When Jesus was teaching in, in Matthew 15, 18 through 20, he says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles the person. He was talking to them about clean and unclean food. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. See, the problem in the world begins in our heart, the human heart. But it doesn't stop there. The problems of the world include strife and violence between that exist in the world between countries and communities and people, domestic abuse, racism, genocide, and so on. We could make a long list of all the problems in this world. And the problems of this world are not just from us, from humans. The world is in chaos, and the very creation seems to be falling apart. Romans 8.22, Paul says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. 
earthquakes bury people under tons of rubble. Tsunamis rush in and, and obliterate complete communities. Molecules we can't even see will mutate in our bodies and grow cancerous. Miscarriages will shatter the hopes and dreams of a mother and father. It's interesting that Paul uses that term childbirth in Romans 8 because it takes me back to the source of all the problems in this world, which is the curse. The blessings of Abraham is God's way of reversing the curse from Genesis 3. If we go back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis, we can see that, that where, where it actually started, where it all went wrong. In chapter 3, Adam and Eve uh, have listened to the serpent, have, have taken the fruit, have eaten it. They've disobeyed God. They're hiding from God, and he comes, asks them what they've done, even though he knew. And then he lays down curses. And what Adam and Eve discovered is that these choices that they made, these two choices of, of Eve eating the apple, giving it to her husband, and he him eating it also, are going to have far-reaching consequences. Because of their actions, things on this earth will never be the same. Let's go to Genesis 3, verse 14. The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. He curses the serpent because of his part in this. He says, On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He curses the serpent telling her that, telling him that there will be enmity between the woman, basically between humanity and the serpent. So Jeff, you have every reason to not like snakes. Um, part of the curse and then he says the very interesting part he says that between that it'll be in between between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head he's talking about Jesus here he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel then he goes on to curse the woman to the woman he said I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall get bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. There will always be conflict in marriages. There will always be issues that need to be resolved. Uh, the question is, how are we going to resolve it? We need to resolve them correctly and biblically with love and compassion. But there will always be conflict. And then he curses Adam. He says, And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded, you shall not you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. <laughs> Nature is now cursed because of what man has done. 
In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. This is why we have to work, and work is hard. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now because of the actions of the, our first parents, we, we live in a world between the curse and the promise. The serpent is cursed for the part, his part in the ordeal, and enmity is placed because between him and the woman and between mankind. The woman now is to experience pain in childbirth. Man will have to toil and work to survive in a world that is cursed with thorns and thistles. And man will die, which might actually be both a curse and a blessing. Because life on this planet is going to be difficult. And death would be a, a reprieve from the curse of living on this earth. Man will now live in a place in the world that has fallen and separated from God. So man gets what he wants. He gets autonomy. And while this it seems pretty bad, and it is. I mean, this is, this is pretty bad stuff. The full effect of the sin of this world... Will, be full, will not be fully understood until you read Genesis 4 through 11. Because like Pandora's box being opened, sin opens itself and is run amok. Humans begin to add to the catalog of evils that they commit with each generation, greater and greater. Anger, jealousy, vengeance, murder, violence, drunkenness, corruption, sexual disorder, Arrogance, just to name a few. It gets to the point in Genesis 6 where God says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of his thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. Could you imagine? He grieved that he had made us. So the earth is destroyed with a flood, except for eight people and two of each animal that are saved through the flood. Which, by the way, is a great image of baptism. But it doesn't take long for man to disobey God again. And he has to force them, God has to force them to spread out throughout the earth. As he told them to do, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But they all gathered in one place at the Tower of Babel. So God has to confuse their languages then right after all this, this chaos and this strife, we come to chapter 12 and we learn about Abraham's call and blessing. Abraham's blessing is God's way of reversing everything that happened before. Reversing the curse and all its effects on the world and the root cause of the curse and sin. We read in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of earth shall be blessed. Again, the reference is there to Christ. Abraham was blessed by God. Abraham was a blessing to people. And we as a human race are blessed in Abraham. 
it's this idea of um, Jesus, of course, obviously not being born yet, but was still in Abraham, in his seed. And, and so through him and in him was going to come the Messiah. And that is the blessing. And the blessing's a promise of a new creation, a restored Eden, where we will be free from sickness. Oh, thank goodness. This has been a tough week. But I'll be glad when this is over, but I'll be even more glad when we never have to worry about being sick again. Will we be, we'll be free from death. and We'll be free from sin. No more temptation. This is the ultimate answer to all of our problems. The answer to all of our questions and the cure to every disease and the resolution to every single conflict. Gosh, doesn't that sound great? It is what we need. It's what we want. The blessing is promised to Abraham and to all who are blessed with him. So how do we share? How do we share in Abraham's blessing? Well, we have to become, basically become children of Abraham because the, the son, the descendants, share in the blessing of the father. So we need to become part of his family. So must we become Jewish? Well, well, no, by no means. What matters is not a physical descent from Abraham, which is what the Judaizers were claiming, why their idea that they were trying to promote to the Galatian churches was better than Paul's because they were Jewish by birth. That was much better. Paul says no. But it's a spiritual descent of Abraham that's more important. In other words, in order to be children of Abraham, we must have the same faith as Abraham. Remember what it said. God brought him out, told him to look in the heavens, said, count the stars if you can, so will be your descendants. And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. See, it doesn't say that Abraham believed in God. I mean, there's a big difference between believing in God and believing God. To believe in God is not a saving faith. I mean, James tells us in James 2.19, you know, you believe God, that, that God is one. You believe that God is one, so you believe that there's a God and that he's one. You do well. But even the demons believe and shudder. The demons believe in God. They don't believe God. And they're not saved. They have no righteousness. They have no salvation. They have no hope. Abraham has to believe and trust that God has said what God has said he's going to do, he's going to do. You can't believe you can't believe God without believing in God. But you can believe in God without believing God. We need to believe God. We need to believe everything he says. There's no there's there's a big difference between a saving faith and a general faith in the existence of God or even in the doctrines and the teachings of the Bible in general. See, 
Abraham's faith shows a faith in God's provision that God is going to provide. But it's not about our performance. Abraham and Sarah were childless. She was barren. But God promised that Abraham's descendants would be more numerous than the stars in the sky. God would step into history and do something that did not depend on human ability. An heir that for Abraham would depend solely on God. Now this is a great picture of salvation. God sent his son into history to do something that no human ability would ever be able to accomplish. God reversed the curse and, and closed the chasm between man and God. And only God could do this. And all we have to do is believe in Christ and we will be blessed. So how do we have faith in Abraham today? What does that look like? First of all, our, our faith has to be Christ-focused. Abraham believed the specific word of the promise that was spoke to him by God. But now, in these last days, God speaks through his son. This is what it says in Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. It is Jesus who died and rose from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will return one day to judge the living and the dead. It is through Jesus that all the promises of God are both yes and amen. So for us to, to live as a faith and child of, of, as Abraham, of Abraham means that we must live a life of faith that focuses on the promises of God that has been given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Our faith must also be an obedient faith. Abraham's faith was living and active. Ours should be also. His faith led his, him to follow God even when he had no idea where God was going to take him. Can you imagine that? If God asked you to take everything you have and I'm going to send you to this land, not telling you exactly where, but you're going to go to the place I'm going to tell you. And you'll find out when you get there. That takes a lot of faith, a lot of courage to trust God. In Hebrews 11:8 says, "By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going." See, Abraham's faith allowed him also to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Abraham's actions did not save him but they did, did complete his faith. 
By the way, if we look at um, the story of Isaac, it's a great image of God giving his son Jesus um, great um, foretelling of, in the Old Testament, lights and shadows of, the, of something from the New Testament. You know, Isaac is carrying the sticks up the hill and um, Jesus carried the cross. Isaac is is wondering where the sacrifice is, and, and Abraham says, the Lord will provide. And he binds Isaac and puts him on the sticks, which is similar to Christ being on the cross. He raises the knife to, to, to kill his son, and God stops his hand, and over in the brush is a ram stuck in the thicket, which is interesting because the thicket would have been Thorns and the thorns would have been around the ram's horn, just as Jesus wore a crown of thorns. An amazing thing about all of that is, is that this is in the area of Mount Moriah, which is where the Temple Mount is and where Golgotha would have been. So this all took place probably very close to the same spot where uh, Jesus will ultimately be crucified for our sins. What a great image! I, I, I challenge everyone to continue to look through the Old Testament and see the images and lights and images of, um, of things in the New Testament. Um, you know, James says in chapter 2, verse 21 through 23, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was complete by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. See, our, our, our faith is no good if we don't complete it with works. Our works don't save us. But if we have faith, we will do works. Abraham's also had, Abraham also had a perse persevering faith. It wasn't a perfect faith. If you look at his life, you can see that there were many times he stumbled. He was a liar. He lied twice to two kings about Sarah being his sister. Well, eh, half lied. She was his half-sister. Just so he could protect himself. See, but the key is not to waffle in our unbelief and waver concerning the promises of God. And I know that's hard. It's hard when we're in the midst of struggles to not doubt that, God, what are you doing? Is, is there something going on? Why, why, why is this not better? But we have to rest in the promises of God. Look how long that Abraham waited. He was an old man before he had Isaac. What this means is that we, when we, we don't stay down when we fall down. We get back up. We dust off ourselves with repentance. Refocus our lives with faith. Set out, setting out again in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, perseverance means growing stronger in our faith over our lifetime. And growing in our capacity to give God the glory that he deserves. You know, just like Abraham we need to leave. We need to say goodbye to the life 
than we may have imagined for ourselves with all the perks, comforts, and benefits. And like Abraham, we need to look forward to the city that has a foundation that only God could build. The city that is to come. That is our hope. Not simply that we are going to go to heaven when we die, but that we are going to live in a real city that will be the fulfillment of God's blessing to Abraham and the complete reversal of the curse. I want to close by reading Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And an awesome idea. That, one, that just sends shivers down my back, and I don't think it's the fever. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. These are the promises of God. We need to hang on to them and trust in them. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He Also he said, Write this down, for these words are, very, are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give him from the spring of water life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. Amen. And amen. Oh, beloved. I sure miss being with you today. Hopefully I should be back next Sunday. But I just want to say that, um, understand that we, we need to have a faith like Abraham, trusting God in all his provision. And a faith that acts, it doesn't just, it's not a matter of just having faith, it's a matter of actually working and doing God's work. And God's work may just include anything in your everyday life. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular. And that we need to persevere to the end. I hope this uh, sermon has touched your heart. So let me pray. Father, we praise you. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace and your peace. And thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for Abraham and his faith and how it's a great example to us. Lord, we, we need to have the faith of Abraham. Help us to, um, to trust you, to believe you, um, even when it seems unbelievable. Help us to walk with you. And help us to look forward and keep our eyes firmly planted on the promises that you give, you've given us of a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth, where you will be our God and we will be your son. 
daughters. And where you, Lord, will wipe away every tear and there'll be no more sin, no more death, no more disease, no more pain. Just the joy of being in the presence of God and in the presence of Christ. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you. Lord, we do pray for all those who are sick, including me. Pray, Lord, that you will put your hand of healing, protect us, protect those around us who are not sick, that they don't get this. Help us to uh, stay far enough away and uh, help them to stay healthy. We praise you, Father, and we thank you. We pray this all in your glorious name. Amen. God bless, church. Go in peace. Thank you for joining Living Faith on our YouTube channel. My prayer is that this message today has encouraged you and strengthened your faith in Jesus Christ. We would love to connect with you, so please subscribe to our channel and hit the bell so that you get updated when we add a new message. Also, please leave any comments you might have in the comment section. We would love you to join us live for our service on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We hope you have a great day today. God bless.